0: Today what I want to do is talk to you about embracing dependence, about embracing dependence. To depend on something is to rely on it for a need, for a circumstance that might be going on in our lives. There are all sorts of things that you can depend on in your life. You can, most all of us, depend on our parents, can depend on our spouse or on our dog. You can depend on your... Computer, usually. You can depend on your job. You can depend on your car. One of the things I know I can depend on, as soon as I wash the car, it's going to rain. Or if I jump out of one line in the grocery store to go to a shorter one, that that one now is going to be the slower line. Can depend on that. You can depend on your kids to throw their tantrums when you have company over to the house, right? You can depend on all sorts of things. You can depend on friends. You can depend on neighbors. I have a neighbor we depend on all the time. Whenever we go away, they watch our house. I have another neighbor who watches our house while we're home. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) creepy. I have another neighbor whose cat died on my driveway and I didn't have anything to do with it. I just wanted to make sure that that is clear. I think I've told you that story once before. Maybe I'll tell that to you again. But there are all sorts of things that we can depend on. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And so often when we come up against those circumstances where someone does thing and we, something and we know that we can depend on them, that's a win for us. But what I wanna to talk to you about today and what I really believe is the case that, is that so often we don't want to depend on anybody because we don't want to be dependent people. We wanna be people who are in charge. We wanna be people who are in control. We wanna be the ones who forge our own path, who say, this is the direction I'm going to go, and nobody else is gonna get in the way of that, and I don't need anybody else. I'm not dependent on anybody else to get me to that place. And so we celebrate that in ourselves. In fact, those are oftentimes the times when we feel best about ourselves or when we've done something on our own or what we celebrate in our kids. We celebrate their own individualism. We celebrate their self-sufficiency and we pat them on the back. And as we do so, we now have passed on to another generation this priority of self-independence. This priority of not relying on anybody else, not having to need anybody else or recognizing when anybody else is engaged and involved in our lives in those ways, And you might say, well, all right, I, I get that. There might be a little bit of pride that gets built up in that, or it might sound or seem a little bit individualistic to live our lives that way. But, but what's the big deal? I mean, come on. We've been doing this for a very long time. It is very much ingrained in the American culture. Does it really make all that big of a difference? And what I have to say to you today is that the way that you answer those questions changes everything. It changes the entire game in terms of who are we as a Christ follower, let alone what sort of gratitude might we be able to and choose to live with? How might we be able to express that? Well, this whole idea about embracing dependence makes all the difference in the world. In this regard, today we're going on, continuing on with this sermon series, The Gratitude Project. And it's no coincidence that we have chosen dependence to be a central feature or a central week that we're thinking about as we think about what it means to be grateful or what is necessary for us to get to that place. And I would argue to you that much of what stands in the way of us understanding and expressing gratitude is actually a misunderstanding of the issue of dependence. And we don't often talk about this. And I think it's very, very important if we would be able to get our lives oriented in the way that God ultimately would have us to be. See, I see, it seems to me that oftentimes we think of gratitude as being, or thanksgiving or thankfulness as being a standalone entity. I might be a thankful person. I might not be a thankful person. It's just kind of a character trait. But I submit to you that it is not a character trait at all. Gratitude is not a character trait. Gratitude is... A response gratitude is a result and it's got to have a source behind it think of it like this if you're grateful for your children then your children are the source of that gratitude if you're thankful for your house your house is the source of that gratitude if you're thankful for country music you just have poor taste but in so many of these areas Dependence is something that we need to understand that there is a source behind it, and dependence is actually an indispensable source when it comes to gratitude, which brings us down to the, the, the ultimate key that I really want to point out to you today that I want to make sure that none of us miss. The key truth is this. It's there on your outline. Dependence ignites gratitude. If you want to tune out for the rest of the sermon, you can, but make sure you walk home with this in your mind. Dependence ignites gratitude. And there're some reasons why that is the case, and the first of those is because it acknowledges self-limitations. Gratitude ignites depend or dependence ignites gratitude because it acknowledges self-limitations. As much as we want to tell ourselves and try to convince ourselves that we don't need anybody else, we do. That we are not limited by anything, we are. There are things that you can't do. There are things that you don't know. And when we come up against that realization, there are a couple of different ways that we can handle it. And I wonder which of these two you might find yourself more in. All right, listen to them and and decide. One reaction is to act as though the limitations don't exist. We pretend that they're not there so that when a situation comes up where that limitation would be in play, we kind of fake it. And pretend that we have the resource to get us past that. And sometimes we can fool other people with that because, but not always, but what we have to do is we have to put up a front that that limitation doesn't exist. And what happens when you do that is that it actually traps you into the limitation because you cannot acknowledge to anybody that you have that limitation. So you have to pretend that it's not there. And in pretending that it's not there, you can't open yourself up to take the steps that are necessary to get past it because then you would end up having to admit that you never had it in the first place. And so this just perpetually continues on and continues on and continues on. And some of you today are still pretending that you have something of, of victory over a limitation that you never have gained. But you know you're locked in it because you can't rewind because there'd be too much egg on your face to admit to people now finally after you've pretended all this time that it's really there. So time itself works against you, which urges you to now is the time even if you've been pretending for some time now now is the best time you will ever have to overcome that of all the times all the opportunities are in front of you that's one possible reaction the other reaction is to acknowledge the limitation it's a healthy response because the first solution to any problem as you know is to admit that you have a problem This allows you to do whatever is necessary to make the progress that you need to make and unlock the door to actually having victory over that limitation. And I don't know about you, but I greatly respect people that I see who do this, who are willing to acknowledge, you know what, I'm not everything that I should be, but I want to be, and so I'm going to do whatever is necessary to get myself to that place. So I'm willing to acknowledge to you and admit to you that I have a shortcoming in this area so that I might find victory. And here's the irony of all that. You might be one who pretends that you don't have that limitation and you operate at one particular level in relationship to that limitation and you actually look down on somebody who admits that they don't or that they have that limitation. You look down on them but now because they've admitted it they are able to find help and wholeness beyond that and so they rise above where you are as the one who said you don't have the problem in the first place. Quite ironic I think. This very thing plays itself out in so many different realms of our life. You might pretend that you have knowledge that you don't have. You might pretend that you practice certain spiritual disciplines that you don't practice. You're giving off the fact that, yeah, I'm a Bible reader. Yeah, I'm a prayer. When you know that you're really not, you might give off that you have all of this spiritual growth going on when you haven't really experienced that at all. But here's the thing. We all know you have limitations. You might pretend that you don't. We know that you do. And the way that we know that you do is because we know that we do. I know that I do. We all have limitations. So this foolishness that would say, I'm going to pretend that they aren't present and that I'm fully satisfied, I'm fully capable of providing for myself in all of these areas is something that is going to steal our ability to be grateful because we're not willing to acknowledge that we have an area of dependence. Dependence. We find in John chapter 15 that there is a very strong move toward helping us to understand the true nature of things. In John chapter 15, it's kind of a well-known passage if you're familiar with your Bible. It talks about the vine and the branches. And it talks about Jesus as being the vine and all the rest of us are the branches. And that we have a responsibility to stay connected to the vine or else what's the branch that's not connected to the vine going to do? It's just going to shrivel up and it's going to waste away and it's going to die. Here's the way that that passage actually reads. It says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. I'd say that's pretty clear. We all have limitations. So when we suggest that we don't have them or when we say that I have the ability to get myself to the place I need to be without any connection to the vine, we're stunting our possibilities for growth, as we talked about just a minute ago, but we're also pushing away the vine. We're pushing away Christ and our need to be connected to it when we say, I've got what I need. What our better posture would be is to say, you know, the things that I have are things that have been given to me. The things that I have are blessings that have come in my life. That's what James says. Look at the way that he puts it. This is pretty cool. Every good and perfect gift is from above every good and perfect gift is from above is that hard to understand is that hard to live that way with that acknowledgement yes it is you might say well okay i understand that that the big gifts the most important gifts are from above salvation comes only from above and i'll acknowledge that i can't save myself But then when it comes down to the nitty gritty of how I'm going to live, we start to take control back. We start to take ownership back. We start to say, no, I'm the one who earned this for me. And the more that we say, I'm the one that earned this for me, the more that we strip away the idea that we're dependent and the more that we strip away the idea that we're dependent is the more that we strip away our ability to give thanks and to be grateful for the things that we have. Because I don't have to be grateful for the things that I have because I got them for myself. No, you didn't. Every good and perfect gift is from above. But I'm the one who went to work. Yes, but God is the one who gave you breath. God is the one who gave you ability. God is the one who put you in a place where you have the opportunity to earn and gain the things that you have done. He's the one who gave you the talents that you have every good and perfect gift is from above david celebrates that as well gives an exclamation point on that as he talks about the gifts that were being given toward the work of the temple toward the building of the temple and here's the way that he puts it but who am i and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this everything comes from you everything comes from you talking about their resources now their finances And we have given you only what comes from your hand. James and David both make it very clear that every gift is from God. And David additionally goes on to say, there's no loss, there's no lack of fulfillment if I start to acknowledge that the things that I have come from God. He says, in fact, that's even better still because it shows that I'm in partnership together with the one true God. It doesn't get any better than that. Dependence doesn't, diminish us it actually increases the blessing and the benefit of who we are and acknowledges who it is that we belong to it's a feather in your cap to belong to Christ that's something that steals away your your pride because well if I say that he did it then I can't say that I did it all right Dependence ignites gratitude because it acknowledges self-limitation that we have. And that's somewhere where we need to begin if we're ever going to be grateful, thankful people. It goes on. It also promotes self-expression. Dependence ignites gratitude because it promotes self-expression. Again and again in the scriptures, we find circumstances where people in need give, experience the meeting of that need, and then they just respond. David's a guy who understood that God blessed him in ways that he didn't deserve, gave goodness in his life that he didn't deserve. And so here's how he cries out in the Psalms. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever or in psalm 18 it talks about israel being hard pressed and they are afraid and they're not sure what they're supposed to do it says their enemies are like swarming bees around them they're in trouble they are experiencing fear but god comes through for them in the midst of this thing that looks like they have no way out of this and so we see their self-expression they say i will give you thanks for you answered me you have become my salvation Paul goes on in the New Testament and he talks about the fact that we are dead. We're we're going to experience physical death and also spiritual death and there's only one hope that we have and that is Christ through the cross on our behalf to take our sin out of the way. There is nothing that we can do to provide that for ourselves. And because of that, he celebrates and rejoices. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is our dependence that ignites our gratitude. We could go on and on and on with this, but just one more example that, that kind of makes me smile. But first of all, sometimes, sometimes when I pray with Carolyn, we, in fact, typically, we pray with great detail about the different circumstances. We might pray about church. We might pray about the situations going on here. We might pray about people here or the needs that are in their life. We pray about our broader family and specific needs we know of. We pray about our daughters and this presentation that they're giving or this thing that they've got to do or this challenge that's in front of them and for our son-in-law and just get into great detail. But sometimes, rarely, but it's happened. We might be laying in bed at night And we're tired and we want to pray and uh, we're tired and we're about to fall asleep and we don't want to fall asleep while we're praying. And it's kind of like, dear God, it's 2 a.m. We're tired. Bless everybody. Amen. Right? Now, you've probably never prayed one of those prayers because you're more spiritual than we are, but uh, we wanted to pray, but just needed to get it out of the way. Right? Well, kind of laugh at that just a little bit, but I find that in the scriptures we actually find a circumstance when it comes to this idea of dependence and giving thanksgiving for what it is that God has provided, where the apostle Paul himself even takes that tack. Look at what he says. This is great, I love this. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Not specifically for this, and for this, and for this. Giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a blanket approach. And I'm so grateful for Paul that he has done that because it makes me feel a little bit better. But it also shows us the extent to which we should be giving thanks to God. Is it just because he's done this one little thing for me? No. It's because God has provided for everything. Everything. I don't know what to do to try to convince you of the fact that everything that you have, every good and perfect gift, is from above. But I can tell you this, until we're willing willing to get ourselves to the place where we can express that notion, where we can give ourselves over to that notion, we will never be the grateful people we are supposed to be. Never. Never. In fact, we will never be the spiritual people that we are supposed to be because this issue of dependence is a major one that is is something that is holding many of you captive when it comes to actually giving yourself over to the Lord. Some of you are here today and this very issue of dependence, it's not just an issue of, of gratitude. It's an issue of am I going to trust God at all? Am I going to serve him at all? Am I going to really align myself? Will I ever go all in with God? This is the central question. Are you willing to put yourself and acknowledge the place that you have in and against where God is and what God desires for you and how it is that he's established your life to be? Every good and perfect gift is from above. We need to thank him, Paul says, for everything. That's not because he was lazy and didn't have time to just enunciate the specific things we should, because that's how he sees it. We need to get to that place where we give thanks to God for all the blessing, for all the things that we see in us and around us. One more area here that we need to acknowledge that dependence ignites gratitude is because it defeats self-focus. Self-focus is a gratitude stealer because by definition it refuses to see or value the impact and the influence that other people or other things or God himself have had on our lives. Because if I'm self-focused, there's only one person who's important, and that's me. And so the, the things that happen, the things I need to pursue, the desires I have, they should be all the ones that, that interest me. My opinions ought to only be concerned with what I think about this particular topic and so forth. So naturally, when things go well in my life, there's only one person who needs to be praised. It's me. Which also insists that I would not be a thankful person toward God Because God didn't do anything for me. I did it all for myself. And so how can I ever praise God if I'm really a person of self-focus? So on the flip side, where the focus isn't just on self, it's understood that we're not on an island and others have had a role in helping me become who I am. There's a little story that is told in Luke 17 about Jesus traveling toward Jerusalem one day. I just want to read this to you quickly. Here's how Luke tells it. As he was going along into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was cleansed or healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. The main character in this story, other than Jesus, returns enthusiastically back to Jesus to give him praise. We can see that he doesn't have any problem whatsoever revealing the fact that he is immensely dependent and has been immensely dependent on Jesus for this to happen. So he comes back loudly praising, making sure everybody knows that Jesus is the one who has done this. It wasn't because this guy, you know, the Samaritan, I was so good, he didn't try to spin things and try to put some credit for himself like we often do. He says, it's all God. In a loud voice, he praises him, and then he comes and he falls on his face before Jesus to worship him and give him thanks and But the story forces us to think about these other nine guys as well who do not come back to Jesus. We're not told where they go because it doesn't matter where they went since they didn't come back. That's the only thing that really matters. And we see that Jesus is disappointed. Well, why don't these guys come back? I think in large part, it's because they're self-focused. They have gotten what they want, Their life has been straightened out. They're free from the leprosy. So now it's all about me again. I got what I needed from Jesus, so now it's all about me again. Here's something to ponder. Who do you see yourself as in this story? You can't pick Jesus. (laughs) All right. You're not Jesus. Nobody here is. Do you see yourself as a Samaritan guy? who experiences something from the hand of God and comes back to praise. We need people just like that. We all need to be people like that. And that's the one that we want to be in this story. But I wonder if genuinely that's the one that we are. Maybe occasionally. But if you really look at the balance of our lives, is it really more we're like one of the nine who something good happens and we kind of forget to come back. Now, understand, these nine are not all bad people. What has just happened? How did this story start? It starts with them all, all ten of them coming to Jesus and saying, we need something from you. We're dependent on you. We cannot do this on our own. Could you please help us? They have at least enough faith to go to him and say, there's something that Jesus could do. And we find in the story that they're actually healed. So this is good stuff. It's not that they don't have anything at all to commend them. And it's not like you and I don't either. But they weren't all in. They're partially in. And because of that, as soon as they received what they wanted, they weren't God-focused anymore. All of a sudden, they're self-focused. Do you ever go there? Do you ever live that way? Where when I'm in need, when there's some big something that's going on, sure, I'm going to get on my knees. Sure, then I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to ask God to come through for me. But as soon as those things are settled, as soon as the problem goes away, as soon as life is kind of on an even keel again, do you spend your time coming back and thanking God and praising God and celebrating what it is that God has done in your life? Or is it, hey, everything's cool now. Off I go. And part of how we celebrate and thank and show gratitude to God is that we remain in His love. That we continue to give him thanks for the fact that every good and perfect gift is from above. When was the last time you thanked God for the basics in your life? The things that are present there as a part of the every good and perfect gift that, that we've just come to take for granted. I fall into that trap far too often. You know, this is just sort of standard operating procedure now. God doesn't need praise for that. Or I praised him once for that. I thanked him on one occasion. It was... 30 years ago, but I did it, right? We need to open ourselves up, get on our knees, ask God to reveal to us the ways, the places that we have been dependent, the ways and places that He has come through for us and circle back to give praise, not just when the problem is great and we need to experience His goodness, but always. It's not hard to see why our gratitude falters because it's so easy to fall into this trap of denying dependence. That's what we've been taught to do. You have been. I have been. But I want to see us get to a place where we can move beyond where our culture has shaped us to be to the place where the Bible has called us to be. And that place is recognizing dependence. Embracing our dependence. Not as though It is some stain on us, but simply because it is a genuine acknowledgement of who we are, the fact that there is sin and weakness present in our lives, and celebrate the fact that God has come to meet us in our need and to be the perfect partner to fill every gap that we in in ourselves have. And as we do so, it is going to transform our gratitude. It is going to ignite our gratitude. And it's going to center us on where it is that God would have us to be. And we're going to find where we've been slipping, where we've failed to gain traction in our spiritual walk in the past, that there's a harmony and a oneness and a unity that we've never experienced. It's going to take us to a new place. And in this Thanksgiving week, I just challenge you to consider where is it that you need to give thanks and praise to God for the things that you can't do on your own. For the things that he's provided for you, for where you've been dependent on him. And walk that way. Told you last week that we called this the Gratitude Project. Because there are projects that we want for you to do as we make our way along through this series. And last week we talked about how it was important to take a practical step to bless somebody who was suffering and who was in need. That grew out of last week's message And heard some cool stories about ways that uh, people have have done that. Just one real quick. There was a a gal who has a friend who is suffering from cancer and has been very discouraged and and, uh, loves this lady and uh, her family. And so the lady and her family made a music video and uh, send it off to her, and just encouraged her, and, and brightened her day, and, and there have been other stories. If you have one, I'd love to hear what it is. Somebody just shared one with me this morning. that just really encouraged my heart in great ways. I'd love to hear yours also, or you can post it on our site somewhere, or send me an email, or whatever, but I'd love to hear your story. All right, so for today, we've got another one growing out of this issue of embracing dependence. What would be a way to follow up on that so this is the project that we've got for you for this week write a note of gratitude to three people who have been instrumental in your life okay to acknowledge that there are people that we have depended on to get us to the place where we are that we would simply acknowledge that and thank them for the role that they've played in your life there's a good chance that you never have before Thank these people. It might be a parent. It might be a boss. It might be a teacher. It might be a mentor. Whomever. But that you'd find three people and that you would jot them a note, send them a letter, something. Bonus would be do this in person, face to face. Just thanking them for the role that you've, they have played in your life that has helped to shape you and bring you to the place where you are. I think as we do this, we're going to just bring into our minds and into our hearts the fact that we are dependent. Here's another bonus. Just thought of this one. That one of those, or maybe a fourth one, a fourth one, would be a letter or some something that you communicate toward God Himself. That should have been number one. That we maybe write, maybe write out a letter to God that acknowledges where it is you've been dependent, where it is that he has revealed to you that you need to lean more into him and thank him for what it is that he's done. Make sure that you get these other three as well, if you're willing to do so, and I pray that you are, because I think that it'll take us forward in understanding our dependence and allowing that dependence to ignite gratitude. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Our limitations. Sounds like an odd thing to pray, but we thank you today for our limitations because they are the things that force us in the direction of relying on you. We've resisted that. We've gone our own way. We've suggested we don't have limitations, and it's kept us trapped and stuck in a place that isn't where it ought to be, not as close to you as we ought to be. So today We want to understand those limitations and acknowledge those so that we might recognize the dependence that we have on you. Lord, I pray that you would humble us to the place where we are able to recognize those things so that we're willing to acknowledge how it is that you have filled that gap, how you have met us in our need. And we understand that it's only as we do so that we recognize how far we've come, how far all of what it is that we've been saved from that we'll be able to say, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, forgive us for the times we've been like the nine men who experienced goodness from your hand and just took it and enjoyed it but ignored you. We don't want to be those people. We want to be people who live in gratitude. And today we thank you for all that you've done, that you've given us every good and perfect gift, We pray that we would live in a way that acknowledges that and gives you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.